caused the flood? And I tell you what, you can get as many answers to this as you could ever dream of. And I think the problem is we just miss what does God tell us. And, and I think that's what we're going to look at this, this evening. All right, the cause of the flood are the first 13 verses of chapter 6. There is a lot in this. And there is a lot of, uh, this may be one of the greatest speculated texts in Scripture. All right, and I can tell you right now, I am not going to answer all of your questions because you know what? They're not in there. They're not in there. All right, so if you just want to go, I wonder what a Nephilim is. It's only mentioned twice in Scripture. Okay, and... But is that a, I don't know. Let's go jump into this thing and look at it. Look what it says here. It came about when men began multiplying on the face of the land and the daughters were born to them. Okay. Where are we coming out of? We're coming out of the line of Seth. Okay. This is where he's going to pick it back up again. Remember up until Seth, men were just doing it their own way. Then Seth was born, and it says, Then men begin to call to the Lord. Why? We can't do this. We're, we're, you know, everything's a pain. And if you're really honest with it, think about each of us. At what point do I call upon the Lord? And it's usually when you have just dug yourself the proverbial ditch, okay, in pea gravel. And you're just digging and digging, and it keeps falling back in, falling in. You're not making any progress. seems like the hole is getting bigger, but you ain't getting anywhere. And you wore yourself out, and then man will crawl, call to God. Isn't that true? And yet what, what you're going to see is that's all God wanted, is you to trust him. And yet it started out just like you and I. It's just like you and I. We think we are God's. That's, that's why I see Christians struggle with the will of man. Okay, is it free will? Is it this? Is it that? Uh, Bible, you can't go in the Bible and find free will. The phrase, it ain't in there anywhere. And, you know, do men make decisions? Yeah, duh. God, I don't wake up in the morning and God put my clothes on. Oh, what would you like me to wear, Lord? Okay, I get up, put my clothes on, and, and then you hear the voice from heaven, God, that don't match. And then you go, oh, all right, I'll try again. Right, but but you see what I'm trying to get at? All right, but if you're really honest with yourself, the individuality that you are, where did that come from? God made it. God made you who you are. I mean, whatever color hair you've got, whether you have hair, okay, whether you have what color eyes you are, whether you're right-handed or left-handed, um, whatever, however that is, you were knit in your mother's womb by whom? By God. Okay, and then wherever you are born, who did that? I was going to say, some of you could have been born in Africa, but that's probably not true. <laughs> Look, an albino. Uh, but uh, it's just, I, yeah, whose kid is that? Uh, this is the kind of stuff that I want you to see because it says here that men began to multiply on the face of the land and the daughters were born to them. Okay, so you, you're starting to increase civilization. Okay, then it says, verse 2, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they took 
wise for themselves, whomever they chose. Okay? Now, that phrase that you see there in verse 2, sons of God, everywhere in the Old Testament refers to angels. Okay? But, um, is that what it means? Or was it the line of Seth? Who were calling to God? Okay, now, at several places, Mark 12, 25 says that angels can't procreate. Okay? Is that for all time? Is that for this time? Um, I've heard people that says that the demons that are in the pit were those who were the sons of God who took the daughters of men and they've been locked up ever since. And so when they're let out uh, just before the great cataclysmic event, they're kind of ticked off. All right. Because this was, you know, and they say, well, you know what happens if you've got an angel, a fallen angel, and it, 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 it makes a child that comes that is part human, part angelic host demon. Guess what? You can't redeem that child. It's a non-redeemable creation. Okay? You know what? My stance on it is, I am clueless. I don't know what it is. I can tell you that in the Old Testament, it speaks of the angels. If you want to think it's the angels, you can think it's the angels. If you want to think it's the kingly line uh, of... Uh, um, of Seth, great. If you want to think that it maybe is a godless line that came in, but they were royalty, you can think that one too. I'll let you. Okay? When you get to heaven, and you, you'll find out. Okay? But what we do is we get wrapped up into this, and God is saying, look, the world is populating. The sons of men saw the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves whomever they chose. All right. The key to it is verse three. Verse three says, the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. Now, I have heard some silly stuff come out about this. Okay, what he's saying right there is that you got one hundred and twenty years and I'm turning the spigot on. That's what it means. All right? It doesn't, well, man's average lifespan should be 100. What? He's ticked off. My spirit will not strive with men. Okay, why? Well, for one thing, man is flesh. God is spirit. Now, man is a spiritual being. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, but it's obvious that God right there is saying judgment's coming, by the way, in 120 years. Okay, how did that work? How would you like to say, you know what, Jesus is coming back, and it's going to be on April, the f- no, he wouldn't come back on April 15th. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like that day either. Um, but well, how would you like it if, it if somebody said March 3rd, what if God said it, wrote it in the sky? And said, March 3rd, I'm returning. Okay? And people try to tell me, well, then that means that all these people would go get saved. Really? How'd that work for Noah? He got his children and their spouses and his wife. 
How'd that work? So you see what happened to the level of depravity of man and how quickly it happened? That's the key. Why? What was the cause of the flood? Man ain't listening. Even if you look at the godly line of Seth, where that group of people called upon the Lord. But it was obvious that by the time the 120 years was up, what was going on? What was going on? They weren't calling on God anymore, were they? Okay, so we look at that and we say, yeah, they're calling on God. That's kind of cool. No, it's 120 years and I'm flooding the place. I'm judging. Cruise on. Verse 4, the Nephilim were, were on the earth in those days. And also, afterward, when the sons of God came to the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men and who were... Um, were of old and men of renown. Okay, now a lot of people say, well, this is where the legends come from, the people like Hercules, and you hear mythology and all the rest of it, they have a basis on, on this truth and all the rest of it. You know what? That's quantum physics. It doesn't fit in here. Okay, uh, I can't tell you this. The word means to fall upon. Okay, uh, so they were definitely warriors. The only other time that this is used is in uh, Numbers 13, verse 33. Okay, what were they? Um, they were powerful men, absolutely powerful. All right. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't really throw it in because all I can understand is they were at least in the earth before the marriages that you see in Genesis 6 2. Okay. When the sons of God, they were there before the sons of God, whatever they are, whoever they are, they were there. Okay. Hanging out too. All right. I've seen a lot of people try to tell me that, you know, well, whomever they chose, that that means they were just they weren't listening to God. They were just choosing women. Um, That ain't what the phrase says. They were just they were trying to live life in the best of their abilities. Okay, and that's what they were working on. All right. Verse five, the laws, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that now here's the key phrase. Okay, that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Wow. Wow. That ain't very good, is it? Verse 6, the Lord was sorry he had made man on the earth, and it grieved his heart. Verse 7, the Lord said, I'll blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from animal, man to the animals to the creeping things to the birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. Okay? I imagine so. I imagine so. Verse 8, key, understanding. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. All right? Now then, I I want you to think about that because verse 9 tells me what that is. Noah was a righteous man. Blameless in his time. What happened? Noah walked with God. See that? It's sort of like, um, 
I remember reading when Abraham, every time God talked to Abraham, Abraham would enlighten him where he was. Well, that's what it says. Here I am. Well, if I'm talking to you, I've got that figured out. Don't you think? And that, that always bugged me. I kept thinking, why would Abraham keep saying, here I am? Well, you're hearing my voice. It's kind of like I know where you're at. Okay, but you know what the phrase really means in the Hebrew? It's, it's almost like amen. Here I am. Okay, it's like, God, you're telling me something and I'm ready to do it right now. I find that fascinating. Noah's phrase is, Noah walked with God. Why? He was blameless in his time. And let's be realistic. The Bible was still very small in Noah's time. So it wasn't complicated. Father, or Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, Jephthah. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with what? Violence. God looked at the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. There's that word again. And all flesh was corrupted in their way upon, in their way upon the earth. And then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh will come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. All right? Key. The word corrupt there is similar to the word that we get corrosion from. It's eating away at itself. Why? Men are violent. Men are violent. Men have always been violent. You know, I want to be specific about men. Men are violent. Okay? It isn't, well, it's not like women. You know what? Women can be violent. But man is violent. He has always been violent. All right? And what happens is when you have this corruption in the world, all it does is corruption begets more corruption begets more corruption. And then what happens? You got violence is violence is violence. All right? Verse 11 is key. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and the earth was filled with violence. All right? It ain't got nothing to do with a bunch of angels sleeping with women. It ain't got nothing to do with maybe a god, a godless king line sleeping with Seth's line. No. Okay? Those things happen. Please. Now, I don't, you know, I'm not emphatic that angels were cohabitating with women. I don't know that. I know things changed after the flood. Okay, and there's a whole new order of nature after the flood, and there was a which means that before the flood there was a whole new nature, and it ain't the same that we see today. Okay, you know, continental drift, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, and it, well, there was a great mist canopy over the earth, and it all rained, and it, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. We'll look at some of the details of that. All right, so the cause of the flood was the corruption and the violence of man. Now, I want to move into this next section because it is the course of the flood. And I have heard some silliness from many of the evangelical community on this. And I've I've struggled because I kept thinking, well, if I found the answers to these questions, how come they ain't found the answers of these questions? 
Okay, so we begin in verse 14 through 819, the course of the flood. Make for yourself a boat or an ark, okay, of gopher wood. Oh, what is gopher wood? It's wood. <laughs> you know, it, it may have been cypress, it may have been cedar. Um, well, I, you know, we don't have gopher wood. No, because he flooded all the gopher wood. <laughs> so, I mean, um, what can I say? All right. Um, make for yourself an ark of gopher wood and shall make the ark with rooms. You shall cover it inside and out with pitch. That's good because if you want the thing to float, you don't want it to leak. I can't imagine being on there. Never mind. We won't go there. This is how you shall make make it. The length of the ark is 300 cubits. Its breadth is 50 cubits and its height is 30 cubits. And I got to go with Bill Cosby. What's a cubit? <laughs> okay. Um, depending on whose Bible handbook or historical book you look at, it's everything from the length of the forearm to 18 inches to 26 inches to 38 inches. I don't know. Okay, if I go with my calculations, normally what I come up with, uh, it was about 40 feet tall. Okay, uh, uh, that's just the way I come out of it. Uh, if I go with, I try to use the length of a forearm. So, but I can take three different Bibles and have the little measuring things in the back and get three different answers. So what's a cubit? I don't know. But it was obvious Noah did. <laughs> so, <coughs> all right. And you make a window. Yeah, boy, what a blessing that would be on a hot Middle Eastern day, huh? <laughs> Everybody's standing by the window. <laughs> Why? <laughs> there, ooh, that smell. Um, you know, right after the flood, you know, the animals don't like humans after the flood. They were cooped up in there too. <laughs> and the humans kept taking the window. <laughs> so, let me off this boat. <laughs> okay. You shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubit from the top and set the floor of the ark inside the side of it and you shall make it with a lower and a second and a third deck. Behold, I, even I, am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life from under the heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. Okay, that is a reference to, I'm going to kill those things that have souls in them, but I'm also going to kill everything else. All right, do you understand what he just said there? When I hear these people tell me that it's a localized flood, what do you do with that verse? I don't understand how you do it. And I got another one in here too. That Behold! I am bringing a flood on there and everything shall perish. Verse 18, but I will establish my covenant with you. This is a good stuff right here, buddy. And you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons and wives with you. Now stop right there. Verse 18, New Testament tells me he preached for 120 years repentance. And the whole time he's got this big boat thing he's building behind. Him. He's sort of got a, a, an illustration that, that he's preaching. All right. Why did he preach? When God already told him, I'm only going to save your family. Okay? He's already told him, I'm going to destroy everything that's got breath. 
that's got a spirit in it. So why did he preach? I mean, I'd have just been sitting there going, my God loves me more than you. (laughs) Why did he preach? Good question, huh? And verse 19, And of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two every kind into the ark, and you'll keep them alive with you, and you shall be male and female, and they shall be male and female. That's good. There ain't nothing worse than bringing two female goats on and says, whoops. <laughs> okay. Um, that means at some point you could tell what the sex of a rabbit was. No, never mind. Go ahead. Um, just kidding. Of all the birds after their kind, after... And of the animals after their kind, and every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, and two of every kind shall come to you, and you'll keep them alive. As for you, take for yourself uh, some of all the food which is edible, and gather it to yourselves, and it shall be food for you and for them. Okay? Now here's the key. I want you to see this in verse 22. Noah did according to all that God had commanded him to do. So he did it. Okay, that is blameless before the Lord, brothers and sisters. Okay, now then I want to show you the flood. Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all of your household. For you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. Okay, the preaching wasn't working. You shall take with you every clean animal by sevens, a male and his female, and of the animals that are not clean, Male and the female, also the birds of the sky, by sevens, male and female, to keep offspring alive on the face of the earth. For after seven more days, I will send rain on the earth. Forty days, forty nights, and I will blot out from the face of land every living thing that I made. Verse 5, Noah did according to all the Lord had commanded him. Now look what he said there in verse 4. I will blot out every living thing that I have made from the face of the land. So it can't be localized. It can't be localized. He gives us more details. Now Noah was 600 years old when the flood of the earth came upon the earth. Okay, now... Flood of water came upon the earth. Then Noah and his son, his sons would have been 50, roughly 50. All right. Then Noah and his sons and his wives and his son's wives, they entered the ark because of the flood water of all the clean animals and animals that were not clean to birds and everything that creeps on the ground. And they went into the ark to Noah by twos, male and female, um, as God had commanded Noah. Now it came about after the seven days that the water of the flood came upon the earth. Okay, so seven days after loading up, here it comes. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month of the 17th day. Now remember, he set the stars in the heavens so that we would have time. All right, 17th day of the month, the same day all the fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the sky were open and rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, so what you have now is what I classify as a cataclysmic event. All right, literally, um, you guys who have been in Colorado for a long time, you know about the aquifers. We've got water all over the place. It just happens to be under us. (laughs) 
Okay, and we have to drill to get to it. And we've got, there's about four of them that are huge. And I hear all kinds of weird stories. They're going to dry up. Let's go do this. Take all them aquifers and burst them and see what happens. Okay, something had to happen to force the water up and out. Okay, at the same time, um, it starts raining for 40 days and 40 nights. Dude, you're going to get wet. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking even Gore-Tex ain't going to help you. All right. Rain fell 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah, Shem, Ham, Jephthah, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. And they and every beast after its kind and all of the cattle and all their kind and all the creeping things and the creeps on the earth and this kind and every bird of its kind and all sorts of birds. And they went into the ark to Noah by twos of all flesh and which had the breath of life. Those that entered, male and female of all the flesh, entered, and God commanded them, and the Lord closed it behind it. That's kind of was an interesting phrase to me because it basically says God shut the door. It's interesting when you look at the church in Philadelphia, and he says, what I open, no one closes, and what I close, no one opens. I just thought that was interesting. <clears throat> the flood came upon the earth for 40 days, And the water increased and lifted the ark so that it rose above the earth. The water prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark floated on the surface of the water. And probably Noah took a great big whoo. (laughs) Dude. I mean, what was that one I heard? Somebody made the statement that the ark was built by an amateur and the Titanic was built by professionals. (laughs) So, I don't know. Whatever. All right. The water prevailed more than more, more and more upon the earth, so that all the high mountains everywhere were under under the heavens were covered. What does verse nineteen say? Is is that hard to understand? How do you come up with localized flooding? With verse nineteen, the water prevailed more and more upon the earth so that all the high mountains everywhere well he didn't mean everywhere okay only those that are under the heavens were covered well the everywhere was a different well but what are you doing under the heavens i mean it seems to me like god's trying to get a point across and are we that dumb yeah we are never mind (laughs) i forgot yeah i I read chapter three uh yeah all right but anyway do you see 19 the water prevailed 15 cubits higher and the mountains were covered okay 15 cubits above that's about 20 feet above the highest mountain okay everest is 29,000. 15 feet above that that's a lot of water Okay, so you take all of them out. I mean, they land on Mount Ararat. Mount Ararat's a little over 17,000 feet. So, you know, well, what about, you know, it says that it covered all of the mountains that would be under the heavens. It did not cover the mountains on Mars. Okay, see, that's the kind of stuff that I read that and I think, huh, how... How, how can you say it's localized? Well, it was really bad localized. Yeah, I'd say. All right. 
All the flesh that moved on the earth perished. Birds and cattle and beasts, every swarming thing that swarms on the earth and all of mankind. Hmm. Of all that is on the dry land, all in whose nostrils was breathed, in whose the breath of spirit of life died. Thus he blotted out every living thing that was upon the land, the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things to birds of the sky. They were blotted out of the earth. Only Noah was left together with those that were with him in the ark. And the water prevailed upon the earth for 150 days. Okay? That is a long time. That is a long time. And then I like verse 1, chapter 8. It's, it's, it's just, the phrasing of it just seems... Listen, the corruption of the world had grieved God, and he was very sorrowful. Okay? To destroy it, you don't think it bothered him? Okay? Look what he says. I love this. But God remembered Noah. <laughs> You know, Noah's in the boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, you can see him. He's the one, one with his head out the window saying, Get me out of here! <laughs> Somebody pull the plug! <laughs> all right? He remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark, and God caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water subsided. And Noah said, Hallelujah! All right? Also... The fountains of the deep and the floodgates of the sky were closed and the rain of the sky was restrained and the water receded steadily from the earth and that the end of the 150 days, the water decreased. In the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark rested on Mount Ararat. Now, I want you to think about this for a second because we get into our minds. 150 days before the ark settled on dry ground, but it was 74 days later they could get out of it. Okay, so I mean, it was like... Golly, I'm close. <laughs> so, you know, I've crawled out the window and I'm sitting on top of the box. <laughs> and I ain't coming down until you empty the bottom. Okay, I mean, you've only got a half a year. I mean, can you think about it? a half a year with a bunch of animals in a box? No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. How long can you tread water? <laughs> uh, the water decreased steadily until the tenth month. In the tenth month of the first day of the uh, of the month, the tops of the mountains became vis- visible. Then it came about that the end of the forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made, and he sent out a raven, and it flew here and there until the water had dried up from the earth. He sent out a dove from him to see the water was abated from the face of the earth but the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot and so she returned to him <clears throat> so that into the ark so that the water was on the surface of the face of all of the earth 
Then he put out of his hand, he took her, brought her back in the ark. He waited yet another seven days, and again he sent the dove out. And the dove came back together toward evening. Behold, in her beak was a freshly picked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water had abated on the earth. Then he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, and she did not return again. Now, she got to eat. No, it's just, uh, now it came about in the 601st year, in the first month, on the first of the month, that the water had, was dried up of the earth. And then Noah removed the covering of the ark, and he looked, and behold, the, the surface of the water had dried up. In the second month of the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. And then Noah, God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark. You and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you bring with you bring out with you every living thing, all the flesh that that is with you, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. They may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply. So Noah went out with his sons and his wives, and he and his wife and his sons and wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by their families from the ark. And Noah built an altar. Okay, that's where I want to stop right now. What happened? God made covenant with Noah and he kept the covenant. Okay, we, we have to understand this. All right. It was so important that Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of the very every clean bird and he offered a burnt offering on the altar. Okay? And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma and the Lord said to himself, I will never again, now be real careful with this, I will never again curse the ground on account of man for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done that's key alright while the earth remains seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease alright now the circumstances after that God, they get out of the ark and he builds an altar and he offers up a burnt offering to God that's amazing to me. Why? Look what you've just been through. But their first focus was what? God. You brought us through this. God ain't talking to them through the 40 days of rain or the 150 days of floating. They're just doing what God said. And I mean, some people would read in here, they didn't know what was going on outside. Okay, because it says that until they let the birds out, it was when they opened the window. Well, I imagine that during the 40 days of rain, they didn't open the window. And, you know, I can see where they can come up with that speculation. That's fine. If you want to believe that, that's, that's great. But they had no idea what was going on outside other than the fact that they were floating and it was awful. And you know what? I'm not sure that they didn't look outside. I don't know that I would have wanted to. To see humanity drowned? I don't know. I don't know. But verse 9 or chapter 9 verse 1 says, And God blessed Noah and his son, said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. The fear of you 
And the terror of you shall be on every beast that's hanging out in that boat, uh, of the earth, from every bird of the sky, and everything that creeps on the ground, and all the fish of the sea, into your hand they are given. Okay, so you see there God's returning the authority that man has. Every moving thing that has is alive shall be food to you, and I give to you all as I gave the green plant. Okay, you were vegetarian, now you're not. Okay? Every moving thing. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life. Okay, and that is its blood. I mean, that's why we bleed things. Okay? And if you've ever eaten something that wasn't bled right, you'll know why that's a good plan. Because they taste awful. So, surely I will require your life blood from every beast and I will require it. From every man and from every man's brother, I will require the life of the man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For this is the image of God. He is called man. As for you, be fruitful and multiply, populate the earth abundantly and multiply it. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons. Behold, I myself do establish. Now, I want that's key because he's not, it's not a qualified covenant. I myself am making covenant. I myself will establish my covenant with you and your descendants after you. That would be you and me. And that every living creature that is with you, the birds and the cattle and every beast of the earth with you, from of all that comes from the ark, every beast of the earth, I establish my covenant with you and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood, neither shall there again be a flood to destroy the earth okay again he's wanting to establish the fact that this was global but god's promise god's covenant is i'm not going to do this anymore and god said this uh, and god said this is the sign of the covenant which i have made between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all the successive generations I will set my bow in the clouds and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and never again shall flood water come, become a flood to destroy all flesh. So every time you see a rainbow, forget the pot of gold thing. It's God's promise that I will not judge the world by water. Okay? And God said to Noah, this is a sign of the covenant. I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. And now the sons of Noah, we're going to show you now what happens. Okay? Now, what are the circumstances? All right, circumstances. Water had to recede back. It receded back. First thing out the door of the ark, what does Noah do? Worships God, gives honor to God, gives praise to God. All right, first thing. All right, then God speaks. Do you see how that works? He walks out of the ark. He's still standing in God's righteousness. He's blameless. He offers up an offering to God and God speaks to Noah. Why? You're my man. All right. I see people who want to live in rebellion and can't understand why they can't hear from God. Offer the sacrifice. Show yourself to God. Why? And it is a soothing aroma. And God was tickled. Woohoo. All right. And he speaks to God or speaks to Noah. 
And Noah says, I'm going to put a sign in the heavens that you'll see that you'll know that I'll never do this again. All right. Here's what happens. God spoke to Noah and his sons saying, behold, this covenant. We've seen that. All right. I put this bow in there. I've seen that. All right. And so we're all happy about it. Verse 16. And when the bow is in the cloud, then I will look upon it and remember an everlasting covenant. And God, and God said to Noah, the sign of the covenant I've established between me and you. Okay, verse 18 now. All right, now the sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, Jephthah, and Ham was the father of Canaan. All right. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. Okay, Noah began farming and he planted a vineyard. Okay, I've given up preaching, it didn't work. I'm going to be a farmer and I'm going to plant a vineyard. And he drank wine and he became drunk and uncovered himself. Now, where? Inside where? His tent. All right. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and he told his brothers outside. Okay, now I have read some stupid speculations on this. Um whatever all right remember when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil what was their first realization you're naked all right so ever since then guess what we've had this issue of let's keep it covered up and i i came out of the 60s and the 70s which says nah you don't have to keep it covered up let me tell you something some of them need to be covered up all right, you, do, you just don't do that. And there is a problem with it. I remember going into a bathroom in Columbia. And it just, it was a bathroom. You go into the bathroom and it was a big old room with a drain in the middle of the floor. Okay. And I thought, well, fine. All right. Then all of a sudden it dawned on me. It was for male or female. And I was sitting there going, and I'm, you know, I was a free spirit then. I'm into, I couldn't go to the bathroom. I ain't going to the bathroom in there. I don't have a bunch of women that I don't speak their language and I ain't doing it. Why? I was, this is before salvation, please. <laughs> okay. Everybody's like, what was Terry doing? I was down preaching, trying to be Noah. No. I, and, and, you know, it just bugged me. I thought that's the weirdest thing I ever seen in my life. I'd rather go down the alley in the ditch. Okay. And they'll say, well, he's a redneck. Yeah. I am, and that's a long story. All right, so here we are. We look at this. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and he told his two brothers outside. What the heck was Ham doing in dad's tent, dad drunk? Okay, um, all I know is this happened. It says that Shem and Jephthah, took a garment and laid it upon both his shoulders, both of their shoulders, they put it on, and they walked backwards to cover the nakedness of their father, and their faces are turned away so that they did not see their father's nakedness. All right? Now, whatever happens after that, when Noah wrote, woke, verse 24, from his wine, he knew that his youngest son knew what his youngest son had done to him. Okay, what was that? Saw him naked. All right. And so he said, cursed is Canaan 
A servant of servants he shall be to his brothers. Hang on a second. He also also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Jephthah and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servants. And Noah lived 350 years after the flood. So the numbers of Noah were 950 years and he died. Okay. Now, I've watched a lot of people do some weird stuff with this curse. You've got to understand that the descendants of Canaan, um, the inha- they would be the inhabitants of, remember, take the land of Canaan, that Palestine, Israel, uh, who were the first subjected to by Joshua and later by Solomon and kings, first kings, and the Canaanites long ago became extinct. Uh, the curse cannot apply to anyone who lives there today. And I've watched people say, well, this. Here's a fascinating phrase here, and maybe we can deal with it in the weeks and months to come. Did you notice that the curse is not on the Hamites? It's on Canaan. Just a little information that I thought was fascinating. And you know why I'm not going to share with you the answer today? I ain't got it. <laughs> and if I come up with the answer, I'll share it with you. You know what? I've already thrown out a handful of questions tonight that I don't have the answers for. You know what? Scripture don't tell me. I don't know how long Cain lived. Scripture don't tell me. Why did Noah preach 120 years? And he said, you know, the only people who's going to get saved is your family. All right. But I'm thinking that he's not just preaching for nothing to do because uh, New Testament tells me he is a preacher of God. Well, you know what that means, right? God told me to do it. So we covered a lot. Covered a lot. I'm only three chapters behind to date. That's pretty good, huh? All right. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and the amazing things that you do. And uh, Lord, um, thank you that you can show us where we came from. And Father, you can show us that depravity is not new. It's not new. And Father, we lay it before you. Father, with very much, with very little ease, we can be as wicked as the people before the flood. Father, I just ask that you uh, care for us, comfort us, and as we are in the new covenant, that we understand that just as You protected Noah and his family from the flood. You protect us in the seal of righteousness that is in Christ Jesus by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name, amen.